We'll be there someday, exploring a far distance. It'll feel that way. When we have good VR, we can float in space. But for now, we brace ourselves and spin our heads around. Don't crash into a book. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Tools Day. <laughs> Welcome to Tools Day. Podcasts about tech tools, tips, and tricks on Tuesdays at 2, where we try to give you an intro song with our musical talents that don't exist. <laughs> I, I'm uh, your co-host, Yuna. And I'm Chris, the non-piano player. I <laughs> used to play piano. Who lost her voice at South by Southwest. Me and Chris are currently together recording in the same space this, for your listening pleasure. This hasn't happened in... Eight months. Eight months. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big deal. A big deal. Yeah. Um, so today our show topic is... VR. Oh, man. We just <laughs> say virtual reality then? Even when we're together, we can't do uh, it. VR, aka virtual reality, doesn't matter. Um, it's a good show today because we've got a few different um, ideas, topics we want to kind of talk about. Uh, but first, let's get started with just VR. Like, what is it? What does it mean to you? What is VR? <laughs> VR means the world... No, so VR stands for, as we said, virtual reality. And it's been this kind of thing that people have been talking about for years and years and decades. In the 90s, there was a big kick and it kind of died there. Yeah. And, then, and like Disney took advantage of this with their attractions. Yeah. Yeah. And like, there's that uh, Mars adventure thing. Yeah. But even <laughs> before that, I'm thinking like Bugs Life. Oh, yeah. And like that kind of took this idea of virtual reality and like kind of the idea of augmented reality, which we'll talk about in a second. Yeah. And took that experience and kind of had like haptic feedback. Yeah. When, and, oh, the worst part was when you had, like, little ants, like, crawling on the floor or whatever. Or, like, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, that ride. Um, I will never forget that, and I was very, very young. <laughs> I do recommend if you went through these childhood great experiences, don't do them again. Because I recently went to the, the, did that 4D experience again. Uh-huh. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's just miserable. Oh, I was mind-blown <laughs> by it, and I freaked out. I think I almost cried because when the mouse was going under my feet, I was, like, freaking out. Well. And um, now I know better. <laughs> so virtual reality has taken some big leaps and bounds since then. Uh, we have a couple really good devices out on the market now. Um, and so there's, like, four... We have decent devices decent, out on the market. I think they're pretty good. I think we're just getting started. We're, yes, we are just... This is still very much the infancy. The devices are aimed at... Um, enthusiasts, not at like the general consumer. Yeah. Um, so I'm an enthusiast, so I have a VR setup at home. But um, for most people, VR isn't really a purchase worth. Yeah, worth I think having. it's fun. I think most people think it's fun, but they wouldn't spend money on it. And I'm kind of in that boat. Um, I think that there are a lot of really awesome uses for VR, um, including journalism and education and that sort of thing. And I would love to see more productive use of VR, yeah. but right now in this day and age, it's mostly like gaming, but also like think about early development, early computer systems, they were kind of just about personal computing and like building it. Yeah, stuff something for yourself, fun, fun things. Um, so that's kind of where we are with VR right now, and there's just tons and tons of startups. So like I said, I'm here at South by Southwest, where I went through like the trade show today, and every other booth is VR, every other talk is VR, like it's insane. There's like houses opening, like tomorrow there's like French house. I'm excited for breakfast there. But it's like French house VR. <laughs> Yuna, Yuna has a platinum badge. She's just wandering around in Southwest. I live in Austin now and I have nothing. I'm just sitting here going, wow, 
Well, I'm here for that. I did, I'm here. I, I did like a mentorship. So if you want to come to South by and you don't want to buy a badge, submit a talk to the panel picker. It's a thing. Next year. Next year. All right. Yeah, Chris, stop complaining. Did you submit a talk? I don't think so. <laughs> Thank you. Anyway, um, so. Devices. Okay. Devices. Okay, so there's a couple main ones. Uh, the kind of the highest level ones are the Oculus Rift. And the HTC Vive. Oh, man. And the Oculus was probably the first programmer VR device. Like, that they really started getting involved in, like, hackathons and, like, consumer product level. Yeah, so Oculus has been in, like, the, the VR space the longest out of the, out of the two. So HTC Vive actually got their product out to market first. But Oculus has been kind of banding around VR for the last five or six years. They came out with a Kickstarter in 2012, I 2012, yeah. I think, 2012, so that's five years ago. Um, and it got everyone really excited. Um, they did a really good job getting involved in hackathons, college hackathons. Yeah. And now all those kids, all those kids. People all like, those kids. <laughs> people those like kids. <laughs> those kids our age. Uh, yeah. They graduated. <laughs> and now they're able to really work with these devices because they had that experience in college. They would give free devices to device labs in universities. Yeah. Yeah. And so Oculus has been, done a really great job with outreach and just kind of saturating the market with their with their um, product. Although, um, so HTC Vive is the one by, as it kind of applies HTC, in partnership with Steam, and Steam is the major distribution platform for video games on the PC platform, um, and they use Steam VR in, in conjunction with HTC Vive, and many people would say they have a better platform than Oculus. Um, it's kind of, a, they're, they're more or less very, very similar. Uh, Oculus has kind of run into a bunch of political drama recently. Well, Facebook bought them. Facebook bought them, and a lot of people hate Facebook. I didn't realize how many people on the internet hate Facebook until... I saw the thread saying, Facebook buys Oculus. And the entire Reddit thread was these people saying, Facebook is literally the worst thing in the world. Facebook has um, a lot of problems politically and socially. Yes. They don't really know how to deal with humans that well, considering they're a platform for humans. Um, I mean, there's a lot of tough problems there. But there's also this idea that this large corporation bought this kickstarted company. Yeah. That was like super grassroots. Yeah. And people were angry about that. People were really angry about that. I, I think in my personal opinion, if Facebook had not bought Oculus, Oculus would have come to market earlier with a much worse product. Um, Facebook invested so much money into Oculus. So much money. So and much what, money. And what do they do with it? Facebook VR, which is the exact same as YouTube VR and Google VR and everything. What? It's just 360 video. I, I think Facebook is building a long-term strategy for it. So, I mean, Oculus is owned by Facebook, so they, there's obviously some collaboration there. And I think some of the things they're talking about in Facebook, so the, the recent, you know, uh, earnings call, they kind of featured VR as a big segment, segment there, and, and Mark, Mark Wahlberg, no. Uh, Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> Ooh, that was rough. Chris. Wahlberg, that's not right. You know, he had this kind of demo of him going through a bunch of things where he sees... Um, VR, and then as well as the, in their Oculus Connect conference, they had a little talk about where is VR in five years. So I think they have a solid five-year plan. Yeah, and in his talk, his keynote, he showed uh, VR messaging, VR right. chat. yeah. And that's Facebook's big, like, kind of moonshot. Like, the idea that you can be in a room with someone without being in a room with them and have it feel like it's real. Yeah. Um, and that is where VR really shines, is that immersive experience. Right. 
Um, and I think what a lot of people don't realize is a large part of that experience is audio as well as yes. visual. Yep. And most devices are missing the audio component. But um, like I said, I've been around South by Southwest. I've done a lot of VR testing here <laughs> because everyone is VR these days. Um, uh, just everywhere. I, I want to see more variety. Anyway, um, but the demos that I experimented with that had an audio component, that headphones, especially noise-canceling ones, I really felt like I was in that space. Yeah. Uh, whereas otherwise, I, I knew that my body wasn't there. Yeah. And even if visually something was like... In your face. In my face. It yeah. didn't feel as scary as otherwise. Like, I did this one demo today at, um, it was with, what's it called? Daydream. <laughs> with the Google Pixel okay. inside of this device called Daydream, which I didn't know the name of, but everyone had Daydream t-shirts, so. <laughs> <laughs> In retrospect. In retrospect. <laughs> yeah. So, they, they put this device on me and they put headphones on me. The Bose QuietComfort 35s, which I only know because they're my headphones. So I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Um, and I did this like shark thing where it was this video, um, about sharks and I was under the sea with these great whites swimming around me and I actually, um, thought that I was going to have like a heart attack. (laughs) Not really. But, um, oh, the shark was coming at me. I probably screamed. Yeah. I was very much like, oh, like moving my body away from the shark. Um, and then it turned around and it became educational and it was like showing like the shark's inner body components and how it was made up. And it was like this educational film, but it was a 360 video that I was surrounded by. And it was like, um, somebody speaking at me about the shark yeah. and like ocean sounds. Yeah. And it was super cool. And that was like my favorite VR experience. Yeah. So VR thing has a great, because of its immersive potential, has a great applications beyond just gaming and education is kind of a big one. There's an early VR application for Oculus called the Apollo 11 experience or something like that. And it went through basically a documentary about the, the Apollo 11 launch and it kind of put you into a spaceship, launched you out and then taught you about the Apollo 11 launch. Yeah. Oh, another cool thing I did, speaking of which, um, was at NASA. Oh. And what NASA has done is worked with the HoloLens yes. to make this like AR thing, but it doesn't have to be AR. But anyway, the point is that they have a live feed of Mars. So you can put this VR on or AR, whatever, I don't know. Augmented reality. Actually, Microsoft calls it mixed reality. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. It's mixed reality. Yeah. Um, that's weird. MR. Weird term. Honestly, everyone else calls it augmented reality, but Microsoft has been pushing MR so furiously. I I get that. Like kind of uh, like I, like Watson was pushing cognitive, even though that doesn't really mean anything. It's uh, it's <laughs> cognitive, and you know it's it's mixed. Thinking. It's mixed R. I mean, augmented and mixed really mean this. I read somewhere Microsoft's rationale why it's not augmented reality; it's mixed reality, because mixed reality is supposed to like you know augmented reality is you take your world and you augment certain things so like hey you have directions your I, gps is i feel like with in. augmented you're working with the space around you but this wasn't really working with yeah. the space around me mixed reality brings in a new, a new space into yeah. your current flip space right so, that's exactly what it was and uh, it, it didn't feel very natural it was just like it happened to be this device yeah which i didn't like by the way and we'll okay. talk about that later <laughs> um, anyway so it was cool because it was live feet of mars and i could kind of just turn my head around and like walk with it too yeah and be on mars in a way without being there and what I think is exciting about that is you can now have multiple people experience the same thing in the same place at the same time Yeah, as well. Um, and that's really awesome for travel, like storytelling, journalism. Like those are really 
um, big markets that I find this to really shine in. And like seeing NASA work with it is exciting because it's like things that humans can't ever really experience unless you have millions of dollars and or space, gone through space, <laughs> cosmonaut training. SpaceX is now launching people up to the, to the to, moon, or not the moon, to outer to the space. Moon, yeah. The moon, oh, no, no, not the moon. Uh, He's orbiting Earth. Yeah, something like that. So, Which seems so sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but so, like, there are all these really cool new applications. We can talk about them a little bit later. So, yeah, so to circle back, we have the the, the Oculus, the HTC Vive. You mentioned the Daydream, which is Google's phone slot in Yeah, thing. it's a phone case, essentially. Um, I, have a, I, I have this on okay, my desk we'll, right we'll now. We'll actually start with <laughs> the levels of this because there's yeah. a few different devices that use your cell phone right. as the um, main Power. content yeah. of whatever um, device that you're putting it in. So a lot of them are cardboard-based, and there was like the Google Cardboard. Yeah. That was the first iteration of this, and it was just... Um, a cardboard box. Yeah. It's just a cardboard box. And you, it's DIY. Yeah. And you can buy them for $5 on the internet. Um, I think Google Cardboard is more now. It's like 10 Maybe. Um, but you can find knockoffs. Yeah. And if you go to something like a conference that has VR in it, like South by, everyone's handing them out. Um, so you just slide your phone in and then you close it. It's like a Velcro strap. And through certain applications, you can experience VR, but just the kind of VR that you're seeing in one place. Yeah. Um, and then the next level up of that, there's a, few, there's a there's variety. Like, yeah, there's like, there's like two, two main ones. There's the Samsung Gear VR. Uh, yes. Which is the first actually mobile plus VR experience that was that was somewhat you know um, high fidelity. Uh, the the cardboard was you know was out there and it was kind of like hey look VR and then this, and then Samsung plus Oculus came out with Samsung Samsung Gear VR which was designed to be hey mobile VR watch a movie on your phone it'd be really cool inside your own personal movie theater right yeah um, and then. Uh, finally, recently, Google came out with Google Daydream. Right. And um, so to me, this is really exciting because I feel like this is finally that consumer market. Yeah. When you can buy a $5 device and have the same experience, progressive enhancement is the next, <laughs> you know, it's like the next device. Like, I, I must say that even though I'm living the Apple life, yeah. I have a iPhone. I, I use a Google Cardboard where the fidelity is much lower than the Pixel, um, not Pixel, the Daydream. Uh, today I tried the Pixel and Daydream and it really felt like I was in a real immersive experience. Like I had a fancy headset. It's actually, so I, I have the Daydream and I have the Oculus and the Daydream is actually more comfortable than the Oculus. Oh, you know? way more comfortable. It's and, so and a, comfy. A big deal to me is I wear glasses half the time yeah. and I could not like with the, um, HoloLens, yeah. I had so much trouble with my glasses. Oh yeah. Okay. It was weird, and it never fit my head properly, no. and it, I don't know. I just really didn't like it. The screen was small. It felt like Google Glass in terms of the screen it, feel, Yeah. Um, but more dorky. And <laughs> <laughs> So the HoloLens, well, okay, let's, let's, let's stick with the, with the daydream real quick. I have so many thoughts about all these VR things. This show is like my like, personal, like, I, I should write a blog about VR. Um, you should. Um, but anyway, so... Um, Nina trashes all of Chris's VR daydream. I know, all my, all my daydream. <laughs> um, so the daydream... So happy we're back together. I know. <laughs> the, the, the daydream is, is amazing. They have, they, they launched with this Harry Potter experience, and so the, there's a remote control with the daydream, um, and you put on the daydream, and it launches you out into um, the new movie, the um, uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and you're inside the chests. If you've all, if you've seen the movie before, 
Uh, he has this chest full of fantastic beasts, and in the in the viewer experience, you go into it and you kind of cast spells with your wand. You kind of explore the area, and it's incredible how like immersive that is on just a phone and a headset. And so I I kind of put my entire team through it. And it was really cool to see, like, first-time VR people get super excited about this so like, magical world. So how do you world. interact with it if it's from your phone? Um, so the Google Daydream has a remote control wand. So it looks like a, a little sort of stub of, like, you know, six, five inches by two inches. So you, is there an app that this connects to? Yeah. So so uh, with Daydream, once you put the your your phone inside the Daydream, it automatically launches the Daydream VR application, which is just like Harbor VR. Um, How does it know? It's witchcraft, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, no, so, if anybody knows the answer, please tweet at us. I think there's an um, um, NFC chip inside of it, and so it... NFC? RFIC? No, I think NFC. RFID? Near Field Communication. NFC. Yeah, okay. Yes. There's an NFC chip inside of it, and so the Pixel has one of those too, and so once you sign it in, it kind of snaps and says, all right, launch the application. Interesting. I love things that just work. Yeah, it's really nice. Uh, Today, oh my gosh, I'm just going to like talk about South By. Um, so Home Depot, which has been sponsoring South By for years, fun fact, they had like a charging station for your phones, but um, you had to basically scan your badge, like an RFID chip, and it would unlock one of the doors, and then you put your phone inside and you just closed it, and to get it back, you just scanned your badge again. But everyone in there has a badge on because it's part of how you get into the trade show. Right. So it was just this brilliant example of how do we use what people already have with them yeah instead of like having to give them an extra like chip or a key or something it just worked and i was super impressed by that yeah good ux y'all good job home depot (laughs) um speaking of home depot and vr and hololens wow did that actually transition no it didn't but uh, it's it's almost there so uh, (laughs) um so um a lot of actually like trade shows like car shows have been using the hololens as a way to showcase different cars and functionality of cars. And so what you'll do is that you'll go to a station, you put on, you'll put on the HoloLens, you'll be able to click through different iterations and kind of see it in the corner of your eye because that's the, the, you know, the, VR, the augmented space or the mixed space that HoloLens provides. Um, and so there's this future where people, there's a very, very real like, retail application of where instead of having to try on 50, 50 pairs of clothing, you go to a store, you put on the HoloLens and it can map out your body and you can say, click, I want to try out this piece of clothing. And it would interpose your vision with you wearing the clothing. Okay, so I have um, a lot of thoughts about that kind okay. of thing. I think while it's cool in theory, in practice, you cannot do that with clothing. Because you have to try it on yourself like to get the feel, to get the size fitting correctly. Unless they can scan your body and know that. So for size, not for feel. Yeah, like, but, but if you're shopping online, for example, so maybe not in retail, but maybe if you're in your own sure. house. Sure, if own you're house. at home and you are just somebody who doesn't want to go out and you, you want to scan your body That's at home. <laughs> and you have like a 360 rotating stool on the floor so that you can do this because you can't move unless you have a camera moving around well, you. Well, so, so there are sensors. Like my Oculus has two sensors here. You can buy a third behind you if you That's wanted to. That's not enough. It, it might the connect right now, you know, might be. on the Xbox One can actually map out your body really closely. So I've got to say, I so anyway, I still don't think that this is like great for clothing. <laughs> okay, but, but. I, I did this makeup app okay. that was incredible, 
And you can instantly change makeup. And it, uh, I talked to the people that were like kind of behind it. They said it maps out 300 points in your face. And uh, it was incredibly accurate. And as your face moved, like the whole filters and Snapchat thing, yeah. it moved with you. Um, and you could try out different looks. I still don't think it's really accurate with makeup either because yeah. once you put on your skin, it changes in color slightly. Right. Um, and also, you're not a professional makeup artist. So it's never going to look like it does <laughs> like, on the screen. But there was one company that was uh, Shiseido. Yeah. Uh, it's a Japanese makeup company. They created a Skype add-on plug-in, which allows you to get makeup looks while you're Skyping in, even though you have no makeup on, which I think is brilliant. Like, oh my gosh, yes, that's my life. When I did remote work, I would just stay at home, you know, like PJ life. And like, I didn't want to make a bunch to Skype, but I could pretend that I looked so much better. <laughs> yeah. Or more presentable. And that, and that would be augmented reality. Yeah. Okay, I don't know. That um, is augmented yeah, yeah, reality. Yeah, yeah. Um, kind of. It's not, it's not reality. It's all in the screen. I don't know. There's a few different iterations of the city of AR. Like, yeah. AR could be, um, oh, what are they called? Like, uh, holograms. That's mixed reality, then. What? Why? Okay, so... I, if the, you had a hologram... I think the definition of mixed reality... So, augmented reality is saying... This is this, this is the Microsoft definition. I think augmented reality is when uh, you have an application, like Google Maps, for example, and it, aug it lays down your route in your real world. Okay? Um... Mixed reality, then, is bringing in new objects, like an interactive object like a bouncing ball or something that you can interact with in your real world, but it's fake. I don't know. Maybe? I don't know. I don't know if I agree I, 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 I feel that like that augmented out. reality is just when you take an experience yeah. and you change it virtually um, in the real world. So when I say that, I'm not sure if this is AR, it's because you're not taking a real world experience and augmenting it. You're taking a digital experience and augmenting it. That's fair. I have no idea. This is the this is the this worst term be, in the world. This could be like a moral <laughs> discussion. Um, but no, so what so, is life? So I, I so I do think that so I have an Oculus Rift and I love it, but I do think that the Hololens and things like the Hololens are probably the future of VR and AR. Um, I just really don't like the Hololens. So, so here's the thing: if it's, you have hair, you cannot wear okay, that thing. I don't have much. I don't have as much <laughs> hair. Uh, nor do I have glasses because I have robot eyes, um, laser eyes rather. Um, but there have been real applications of the HoloLens today and in enterprise industry, which is not something you can say about a lot of other things, which well, are future check. that's exactly what happened to Google Glass, yeah. too. Uh, they tried to make a consumer product, and they ended up failing about on the consumer right. side. But the HoloLens has specifically said, said, hey, we're not selling this to consumers right now. We're only selling the enterprise. And if you're a consumer, you want to buy it, you can buy it, but it's not aimed at you right now. Um, and so I think Microsoft's doing a good job at that because they're what not trying. What are they trying. using it for? So there's this, Ars Technica came out with an article like last week about a couple companies using it right now. Um, and they were focusing specifically on the construction in industry. Um, and so what a company has done is that they, you know, so this, they're in the truck industry. And so in the truck industry prior to this, and in, in most places still, to kind of model a truck, they would actually make a full-scale truck out of clay to kind of see what it looks like in the, in the, in the blown up. Um, and until you make it that full scale, there are all these errors you don't spot um, when it's miniaturized on, a, on a, like a CAD model down the computer screen. And the, the runtime to build this clay full-size model is like six months. It's not a short period of time at all. And so what a company has done, they invested a ton of money and basically built an AR space where 
um, they can now build a full-scale model that people can interact with, can see, can inter and can not touch, but like examine very, very quickly. And so that turnaround time is is you know enabled by the HoloLens and the right. mixed reality that it provides. And so for them, that's a huge competitive advantage. That's and, very cool. And it's super cool. And so I think that things like that, where you can find these applications that are very real and very useful, and you can do it, you can do it right now with even the limited case, a limited use case or limited um, abilities of the HoloLens. So I just can't imagine what happens in five years when the HoloLens, you know, has a larger field of view. Right now, the field of view in the HoloLens is pretty small. It uh, is very small. It's very small. It's not kind of issue I had with it. Yeah, it's it's very small. And so the, it, whenever you see those Microsoft commercials, they imagine a world where their entire their entire field of view is HoloLens. But right now, it's like small space. Yeah. Um. Um, there's also like this other type of AR that we haven't mentioned yet, which is where you have like these applications, for example, like through your phone, where you look at the world around you and you see it augmented. Oh, yeah. Um, kind of older one, really. Yeah. In the forbidden. People are using this now to like kind of envision furniture in spaces yeah. or um, I know that like Rachel White recently was like doing like a Microsoft training and she did like a cats app where it's just like. She loves cats. Hundreds of cats <laughs> everywhere you look. Um, and then today I was at the NASA exhibit at the trade show and they showed you the Hubble telescope and other, um, like spacecrafts that they were creating and you could play with it and move it around, but it was all based on a business card. Like the size of a business card is the app Wow! and you can move that card around, um, and see it move in space. Um, so that was pretty cool too. It's like another type of, yeah. AR, AR, VR, VR. <laughs> to me, VR is immersive. Yeah, so I think that's uh, something we agree on. Yeah, so VR, you can put your if you put on the headset of the VR, you are you can be in that world. And with the high fidelity Oculus and HTC Vive, like I've I have this game called The Climb, and you just climb a mountain more or less. And I've put people into it, and they have literally started trembling out of fear of heights because they looked down That'd and they me. thought they were so high, so high up, which is incredible. I I actually personally don't have that. that oh, feeling. I'm very emotive. Like I, I, you really do. Your heart starts pounding, and I wish I had that. So I, I, like I cry during movies, right? But like I, when I'm when I'm in VR, I know it's a game, and so like I feel I've played too many video games in my brain. Yeah, I think the more you it, do it uh, as a VR, you know, VR experience, not as a real thing. Um, but anyway, this is a lot about the state of VR. I don't know uh, how long we've already gotten our show, but I guess we should quickly talk about some tools. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool it's cool they have all. I think it's an interesting discussion. Yeah. Um, okay, so developing for web for VR. VR. I only know really much about web VR. Yeah. Um, which web VR is the idea of bringing VR and that immersive experience into the web and being able to interact with websites in a new environment, um, which I think is pretty cool. I'm not sure if it's like very much the future of the web, but it is definitely. Something that has a lot of use cases, mm -hmm. um, like what we talked about, journalism, storytelling, right. uh, et cetera, you know, different industries. Um, so for that, I've played with A-Frame before, which is by Mozilla. Right. Um, that's about it in terms of my experience with developing. It's very similar to Canvas in the sense that you have, like, these shapes that you can interact with. You can add um, videos and images and, like, play with it in the same way that you would a Canvas. Yeah. Um, and it's JavaScript-based. I did like a really brief project with um, my friend Mike. <laughs> it's my fault that I didn't continue because we did this thing called VR Pong. It's vr-pong.com um, where we did like 
basically ping-ponged off each other's web VR builds, and I just kind of got too busy. I'm so <laughs> sorry. Um, but it was fun to do. Yeah, and so I see the, that A-frame also being used heavily in alt, alt space VR. What is alt space? So alt space is this alternative space. No, it's... Um, oh my god. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think alt stands for alternative, but it's basically um, a platform to host VR, VR websites, more or less, and so VR applications, and so... They do kind of, a, they have this alt space SDK, a JavaScript API. Oh, cool. And then you can use it in conjunction with A-frames. Um, and so you can kind of build scenes and do animations and all this stuff. And so I have a coworker, Chris Johnson, which I've mentioned a couple times because he does all this kind of creative game development work. And he built a full alt space scene without a VR device. <laughs> he just like, he came over one day and was like, hey, Chris, I built this thing. Can I try it out in your, in your VR headset? I'm like, yeah, sure. And it looks amazing. Um, so that's cool. Yeah, and so beyond off space and A frames, there's also React came out with a React VR platform four months ago. It's in a very early beta, uh, but basically it's the Superman for using JavaScript and HTML and web technologies to drive a VR experience. And this time it's in React, and so it has a package much like the React DOM or React Native, but now it's React VR as well. So is it kind of like A-Frame, where it's written in JavaScript, it has some VR-like principles, like shading and lighting. Right, yeah. Um, okay, so the thing about this is, like, you're you're also just sitting in the same place. And to me, the most useful, interactive, and, like, yeah. most emotive experience I've had in VR have all been video-based. Yeah. Um, I've done, like, the games, but still, especially with the HoloLens, the moving of your fingers... Oh. That did not. <laughs> I, I think the HoloLens UI interaction thing is not very great. No, um, but but the video makes it feel like you're moving. So that was cool. Or any way that you can kind of interact with the space and move around. Love of motion in VR has been one of the biggest challenges they've had because people get sick really easily with love yeah. of motion. Because your brain gets very confused. It's like, oh, I'm moving, but my feet isn't moving. I'm very confused. Some people have tried to solve it. Um, a lot of it is actually getting... People call it the, their VR legs, like sea sickness and sea legs, but VR legs. And so once you... I have these headphones where I feel the same way because it's active noise canceling. It yeah. took me a little while to get used, used to them. Yeah. Um, but once you get used to the VR sickness, VR sickness, you kind of get over it. But it's... A lot of people are affected in different ways. And so some people cannot use VR at all right now. Yeah. Uh, but like they... people with long hair in the hall. <laughs> 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 I'm just so hating on the hall then. Um, and so that's kind of... The two big web platform, web VR platforms I know of. Um, if you're building web, uh, VR games, there's two major uh, engines for like that. Like if you're actually serious about VR. Yeah, <laughs> maybe if you're actually <laughs> like, serious about. No, there, there's. I'm sure there's some. Web good. VR is a baby. It's but... very much a baby. <laughs> yeah, uh, but if you actually want to build VR VR things, um, there's two main engines. There's Unity VR and Unreal Engine VR, and those are two game engines, and they have their own programming languages, Unity is in C-sharp, and uh, Unreal is in C++. Unity also has this JavaScript-like language, but it's not actually JavaScript. It's a big trap. <laughs> you start using it, and like, wait, this is not actually JavaScript. This is fake JavaScript. Um, so if you get in trouble with Unity, don't use the JavaScript syntax, no matter how much you like JavaScript like me. But you'll have a faster startup. You'll get a faster startup, but then you'll hit a blocker where you're like, oh, wait, I need to do this thing. And I, I thought I was going to do it with like a map function or something like that. And it just doesn't, doesn't exist, right? And then you have to say, okay, I have to learn a different subset of JavaScript to work with Unity VR and, or Unity in general, and it's just not worth it. So 
So you're saying start over? I so I say instead of starting, instead of learning the subset of JavaScript that Unity provides, just learn C sharp. Um, just learn C sharp, everybody. <laughs> just learn just learn new language. No, like uh, it's they have some, they have a Unity has a lot of great uh, learning programs like on their site, and so you can sign up for them and kind of go through them. And so if you're interested in doodling around with VR, um, there's a ton of great just tutorials and documentation. So cool. Um, also, if you are serious about VR, you probably want to learn Blender or Rhino or um, Cinema 4D in order to create models and things that aren't just like created in code right. in your systems. Yeah. Like it's the difference between doing using CSS shapes only yeah. and building native canvas right. versus editing something in Illustrator and pulling it into your browser. Right. Um, so learning a little bit of these link these uh, apps right. um, are super helpful, and I think Rhino's free. I think so, yeah. Blender um, might be too. Yeah. Also, if you're interested in learning to develop game assets or these art assets, the Unreal Engine also has a great art studio application. So. Linda has actually quite a few 3D tutorials oh. on it. Okay. Um, yeah. And I'm sure that other things like Coursera, I could be lying through my teeth here. <laughs> um, but Just made it up. Yeah, Coursera has um, a bunch of courses that are kind of more artistic and I feel like VR right now yeah. it's a little bit it's not it's it's honestly a little bit more artistic than I thought it was because there's a yeah. there's a chunk of people who are just in these uh, studio app, uh, applications and they're just kind of designing in there and they export it out and people can play with it inside their VR headset there's also a chunk of people who are doing it all in code and so it kind of it's a good s- split mostly still developers but um, oh my gosh we could talk about this forever like yeah. now I'm thinking about Oh, if you had teachers who te- taught lessons via VR, yeah, like that could be really cool, and that could help students that have difficulty like physically getting to class. Yeah, but then what would that do for our society? You know, what <laughs> if people just stop going to school? You wouldn't have to have schools. You know, you wouldn't have to have building maintenance. You wouldn't have to have these buildings. And yet, no one would know. You how wouldn't to, have social interaction. Yeah, no one would know how to talk you'd to have, people. Well, Facebook VR. Uh, you but, know? but you're still talking to people then, right? Yeah, but you're not physically like interacting. Yeah, that's fair. Like, do you need to, to be with someone in their presence to get married to them? Like, can you just, you know, like marry you someone across the world virtually and never meet? in World of Warcraft right now. There you go. Uh, we don't even, like, we don't even need that institution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> uh, on that note, we are way um, over time. We have talked so much. I'm so sorry. I feel like this is really great. It's Great to see you, Chris. Hi. Um, if you like this show, if you learned anything from our show, we have a Patreon account now. It's patreon.com slash toolsday. Um, please like and subscribe. You will get some exclusive <laughs> like videos of videos, me messing up content. playing piano. <laughs> um, you can send us requests for songs or topics. Um, so yeah, it's patreon.com slash toolsday. It's how we are funding the show because we have no sponsors. I need a better mic. I'm totally <laughs> mooching off of Chris's right now. Um, yeah, so check that out. Check out our Twitter, twitter.com slash toolsday, T-O-O-L-S-D-A-Y. You know how to find us or rate us, review us. Thanks for catching this episode of Toolsday.